You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums. You must hear before you die. Got a wife, got a family Earn my living with my hand Rolling it still Downtown Birmingham My daddy was a barber Most unsightly man He was born in Tuscaloosa Died right here in Birmingham Birmingham This episode, we'll be talking about Randy Newman, good old boy, good old boys. In the room, I have Rob. Just talk about Randy. Ben. She puts it in her mouth. Solange. They try to wash us out. John. Why is everybody laughing at my mighty story? <laughs> good old boys is a fourth studio album by Randy Newman, released on September 10th, 1974, on Reprise Records. The producer was Lenny Warnicker and Russ. Tittleman, and the genre is roots, rock, and country rock. And I'm going to read from the book Peter Watts. Even today, Randy Newman's Good Old Boys is an album you think twice about playing in civilized company. The title track is one of the most startling musical contributions to America's troubled history of race relations. Newman was riding high after the critical success of Sail Away when he watched Georgian governor and segregationist Lester Maddox being mocked by a northern TV audience, annoyed by what he saw as inverted snobbery, hypocrisy, and liberal smugness, Newman wrote a song about the incident from the perspective of a southerner. Rednecks was the result, a scathing indictment of well everything, which features a self-mocking sing-along chorus, we're rednecks, we're rednecks, we don't know our ass from the hole in the ground, and frequent use of the N-word. Realizing this would raise hackles, Newman intended the to feature the song as part of a contextual concept album about a southern man named Johnny Cutler's birthday. This Never Realized album came out in 2002 and included Newman's own original spoken preamble explaining each track to the producers. Although the rest never reaches the same level of provocation, it is a beautiful piece of work, possibly Newman's finest. Louisiana 1927 uh, has a chorus that rolls off the tongue. Mr. President is a curious contribution to post-Watergate politics, and Newman's approvingly describes Back on My Feet Again as a genuinely strange song. From here to Disney soundtracks, it seemed even more unlikely at the time. All right, what did we think of Good Old Boys by Randy Newman? It's so good. I'll tell you what, the first time I listened to this record, I did not know what I was getting into on that first track. Yeah, it's a hard it, track. Yeah. But now... That like uh, now that I've listened to it dozens of times, I feel comfortable singing the chorus. No, I do not feel comfortable <laughs> singing the chorus. But I, it's it's no. it's a really interesting perspective, like mm-hmm. from like a songwriting and just like writing in general, uh, like view like it's it's a really interesting 
And I and I and I pulled up that uh, that Lexter Maddox interview on the Dick Cavett show yeah. uh, to to see like what the hubbub was about. Yeah, and yeah, like Lester Maddox is a buffoon, and he he has a long history of racism going all the way back to before he was governor when he was a restaurant owner and he wouldn't serve the black community at his restaurant. That being said. I could see where, like, Dick Cavett's, uh, the way he handled himself in the interview and, like, the audience laughing at him, if I was a Georgian who had just voted that man into office, I would possibly take some umbrage. One of the lines, he's like, he may be a fool, but he's our fool. And then the whole, like, the first two verses being about the people of the South from the Southerners' perspective of how the Northerners think of them. Like a double double set aside, you know? Like, I we know that this is what you think of us. Then that last verse, like, this is what we think of of your hypocrisy on that. Like, comparing, like, the, 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 the slavery of the South to, you know, the, uh, like, the, uh, the living conditions in, like, Harlem. He says, like, South Side of Chicago. Yeah, you're free. Uh, East fr- St. Louis. You're yeah. free to live in a cell. You right. know, you're free to to wash dishes and like yeah. everything else he says in the song is like, yeah, they're not like you're, you're racist too. It's just that yeah. it's blatant. It's so, it's, 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 a, it's such, a, we're all racist song. It's <laughs> a really, it's a really interesting way to think about it. Cause like, I didn't realize, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I really like uh Dick Cavett's show a lot and we watch it a lot at home, but like, I've never seen the Lester Maddox interview. And so when I heard this song, I thought what he was doing was like a protest against like that kind of uh, like, quote, I don't want to say it like woke, but that that kind of like, oh, like we're, you know, enlightened and we're like entitled and like that coastal elite attitude. And that is uh, it's kind of what he's saying, but in like a really different kind in a really different uh, subversive kind of way. Um, I brought this up this week and this is something that gives me a little bit of uh, Soros is I'm going to this wedding in this weekend and uh, this wedding is all of my family who are from like the north. OK, and they are like. I don't want them to listen the to this podcast. No. They're the Car Starks. Well, no, hold up. They are the Starks. The Car Starks are like, I'm the Car Starks. Let's just be let's just get that out there. The Umbers um, is a big John number. I'm the Umber and they're okay. the Starks. All right. But it's like I get a lot of source about it because like I live in Kentucky, but it's like I'm deeply afraid. Not anybody from my family will do this, but somebody at this wedding will be like, Oh, you're from Kentucky, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I like cause I don't know about you guys, but like no matter where the fuck I go in this country, if I say I'm from Kentucky, I get some shit about it. Unless it's, if it's the South or Chicago, no. If it's anywhere else, I get some fucking shit for it. That's and why I say Lowell. But nobody knows where that is, and they don't exactly. want to fucking know where that is. Uh-uh, I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I just say I'm from Kentucky, and just, I'm like, I don't even want to tell yeah. you where, because it doesn't fucking matter. But I think it's really, this, I really want to like this song, but I can't. The chorus <laughs> makes it so hard it's, to like it. It's, I, I know it's a diff- I know that it was a different songwriting time, and this was like acceptable. And it was, I'm was not acceptable. Oh, no, I'm putting it in like no one can see you put it in deep quotes, quotes <laughs> for it to be like subversive when you're saying that. And it's like, but at the time, it wasn't even really like that acceptable either. It's just like now yeah. it's like completely not fucking okay. Yeah. I like listened to this song and I was like grimacing. I was like, uh, uh, Randy, stop! But yeah. the rest of the album, yeah. Uh, I, I put this on and I, I usually skip the first track just because it's unless I really want to think about mm-hmm. this, you know, this album and 
keep that in my mind. It's not just like a, a just throw it on and like oh just bop too. You there know, was a, like the, the, sorry to interrupt. There there was an interesting uh, John Oliver uh, thing about uh, like uh, school segregation uh, that popped up, and it was going through like how the South has worked with like busing and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to your point, New York city is the most segregated oh, <laughs> like, I believe or New it. York state period is the most segregated, oh, yeah. like schooling anywhere in the fucking and country. And someone wants to give us some shit. Louisville made a system so that we wouldn't be no, fucking we're, segregated. We're, we're, we were like number one. Yeah. I went to high school here and I went to a public high school. And let me tell you, like it, it was not like as super diverse as it should have been. But I mean, at least I got to see diversity in my own high school. At least I'm used to like seeing people of color and interacting with them. And I'm not like, ah, you know, cause it, that's how it is in other places. God and I think it's damn fucking liberal. Coastal elites <laughs> running this country. But, uh, Globalists. <laughs> what, what, hey, we're right here, okay? It should be mentioned that uh, Dick Cavett is neither a New Yorker nor a Jew. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> Randy Newman is a Jew. Absolutely well, none well, of them. He's an atheist, but he has. Okay, hold on. Jewish, if you're Jewish, that Jewish means parent. you're an atheist. And I'm sorry, well, listeners. Well, we talked about this, I think, a little bit just very briefly to make this a point. The first time we heard Randy Newman on the previous yeah. album that we did for him, uh, he didn't know he was Jewish. Like, that's how not Jewish he was. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So, <laughs> you mean how Jewish he was? Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, his, his family wasn't observant. You know, his, he had like a middle school friend or something that in, they invited him to go over to their country club. And like when he got there, the father of the of the buddy was like, no, he can't come in. He's Jewish. You know, you never should have invited him. Oh, and so Randy fuck. Newman went home and he's like, Dad, what's a Jew? <laughs> so Randy Newman, like, is Wait, not connected with his... This all happened after Sail Away? No. No, no, no. This, no, is, early, this, early. Is, this okay. is a story that I told during the Sail Away oh, okay. episode. You know, that's actually why my grandpa didn't tell my mom she was Jewish until she was like 19. Because that same shit happened to him here and he just hid it. Because he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to be like a Catholic man forever. And that's just how it's going to work. I'm never going to bring it up ever. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're getting off a uh, topic. But, anyway, Randy sorry. Newman but as the album, I mean, the thing that Randy Newman does very well is that he takes this background. He takes this knowledge of society, whether it's personal or just observed, and he puts it into his songs and he makes the songs through their melody so approachable yeah. that you're just kicking back in your seat. You know, mm-hmm. you got your feet up. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. This song is, this song is something else. This yeah. song is you know? about slave trading. Right. Yeah. This song is about, uh, you know, being real upset and like getting some whiskey and some cocaine and yeah. <laughs> trying to work your feelings out, you know, or this song is just. Oh, I love you know, the song about the kingfish, you know. I think that's what's really cool about the rest of the album. Like you just forget about the first song. Don't forget and, about well, the first for, song. Okay. Don't forget about the first song, but you should just be content warning before you listen to it. But the rest of the album is so interesting because it's, it's such a like subvert. I don't want to call it a protest album, but like his goof uh, is like an inside goof. You know, I, I, I love, I love the whole thing where it's like with the Kingfish, it's like, who takes care of you? Who, who, uh, who, who pays your paychecks and stuff like that? Yeah. All Huey Long. Huey Long. Yeah. Who was assassinated, man. What if he became president y'all? What if he became president? And we, Randy Newman? <laughs> Shut up. Let's I, get Randy Newman in. I, well, um, I did like, go down a bit of a Huey Long wormhole listening to this well, album. Well, that whole, yeah, yeah share our wealth he's, concept. I mean, he's there's all these different things that are guy. wrapped up 
politically now as they were then. And I think we've hit on mm-hmm. that a couple of different mm-hmm. times that sort of things that happened in the mid seventies and some concerns that are there are, are still present um, and come back around. And so to hear on this album, you know, every man, a King, which is actually written by Huey Long. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sung by the Eagles yeah. on this album. <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking oh, of sharing, they're both, they ain't yeah. sharing shit. Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles are some capitalist motherfuckers. They really are. You cannot have any of Don Henley's fries. No. <laughs> But yeah, I I think what's interesting is the goof here. It's not like a 10cc goof. It's 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 so like subtle. Like John was saying, like you can be kicking back listening to it and you're like, "Oh, oh no. Ooh, oh no." Like it's not like you're laughing at anyone or you're laughing with someone. It's like you need to like laugh at yourself cuz you're not listening to this album like in the You can easily way. glaze over every meaning except probably for the first song and just take it at face value but Mm -hmm. if you want to look there's a lot of history and a lot that randy newman is like putting in the songs and that's always why i've respected and and liked him also i loved how how his shorts are concise and Mm -hmm. they don't stretch on they don't try to do like they just get get to the point and they present you with like interesting ideas or interesting perspectives and how they how they go through i was going to mention earlier about the first song, and you were saying how you had such a hard time listening to it, Newman actually says 2003, yeah, in 2003, the, the remaster comes up, and he says, it always bothered me when that word went by, but I needed the word in the song. There was no other way to do it, and I do the song everywhere, and people get it. It's kind of complicated in that when you got a big word like that, you got to be careful it doesn't blast out, uh, blast out the next minute and a half, and what that song is about is about southerners uh, a southerner complaining that the north pretends to be morally superior in their racial behavior it's one that in context i think if done right for a purpose can be used to to make a statement and, and anyway you slice it i still don't I, like hearing it i, I don't love, think any of us like hearing it but i love the song because it's it's a complicated song and it may and it it that the subject of the use of the word is also complicated, and that's that's kind of Randy Newman's mo. He mm-hmm. knew he was what he was getting into. I guess that's that was my point is that yeah. he knows what he's getting into. I, I hear what you guys are saying. Like I'm he not, wasn't I'm not... wearing a backwards baseball hat and <laughs> trying his best to hip hop dance in 1990 and dropping this. It was you know I know and this I hear, is fucking I, art. I hear what you all are saying, but that's just where I come from on this. Is that there's a very specific person who can use this word. I mean, and that's a, that's a good way to question it. Knowing that that word is in this song, would you ever listen to this song again? No. No. I know what this song's about, and I respect the content of the song. Uh, I don't want to listen to it again. It makes me uh, really uncomfortable to listen How to it. How do you feel having heard it once? Um, it was a necessity for this assignment. And when I listened, but, but that's the thing, like, that's the thing. What I tell you guys is I listened to these albums twice and I listened to them first to establish my emotional connection. And then I listened to them again to decide like how I feel about the content at large. And it triggered a pretty, pretty incredible emotional response for me. Let me put it that way. Old lady lost in the city. Running hard down the street. 
how'd you feel about the naked man? Because <laughs> that's were you aware yes. of the naked man? I was I was not but it's a true story. I was not but uh my dad worked at Berkeley when they had the naked man who attended classes there. Yes. So uh the naked man is fine cuz uh I mean a body's not sexual. Do, do you know well I well, love the story. Okay, so I don't know the full story but apparently this was told to Newman as truth from a friend of his that was a public defender. Yep. Nice. And the public defender says to him, "So I was tasked to defend this gentleman." who was charged with stealing uh, a purse on the street while naked. Love it. His story, the the defendant's story was, no, 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 I wasn't the guy who stole the purse. I was just handed this purse by some other naked guy. <laughs> 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 I'm naked is that I was trying to, I was having an affair with my best friend's girl, and I had to get out of the house super quick because he was coming home, and then this guy, this other naked guy, totally unrelated, hands me the purse. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the 70s, man. Right, so yeah, so streaking. she was Everyone's robbed. Streaking. I'm not saying she wasn't robbed by a naked guy, I'm just saying it wasn't me. <laughs> I love that story. It's, he did not succeed. Sounds um, like assault yeah, to me. He did not. Yes. Randy likes to tell stories. Yeah, he <laughs> does like to tell stories. And they could be from the flood of 1927. They could be from a defense case that happened last week. A lot of natural disaster stories over the course of his two albums that we've heard, I've noticed. Rivers on fire, uh, yeah. floods, specific dates, whether it's Dayton, Ohio, or whether it's uh, uh, whether it's uh, Louisiana. He likes New to Orleans. Yeah, he, had, on things. he had just written a... A book about the flood, the great flood, and so I guess he just got inspired. I feel like he's he's that kind of artist where he just sees something and then just like can't get it out of his head and just you know writes a song about it. I think it's really cool that side two starts out with a three song set about Depression era Louisiana. I think that that's really neat. And uh, I know that he said he was planning on this being a concept album, and then it wasn't. I still think like. So much of this album is just about, you know, life in the South in the 20, like, first half of the 20th century, it yeah. seems. Or, I guess, and second half, because he's talking about the less dramatics stuff. Yeah, yeah but, that's what I was saying. Is like, it's an interesting little, like, uh, almost protest album in a way. It's like, I don't want to say protest album, but it's so, like, specific in, in its concept, you know? Like, the three songs about Louisiana are almost like an, an ode and I know that he he's not born in New Orleans, but I think his mom was from there. He spent a lot of time yeah, there growing up. In, he grew up he, in Louisiana. He yeah. moved there is like right after he was born. He was born in L.A. Mm-hmm. Then he they moved uh, moved there from L.A. They, to L.A. Yeah, and then I think when he was ten, they moved back to L.A. But then they like kind of share they they mm-hmm. he went back and forth. So he, he he's he's got a, like a. A real like love and respect for yeah. the South, warts and all. That doesn't mean he's gonna call out, call shit when he sees it, right? And, and I, I like that. I think it's, I think it's a nice album. Even the songs that aren't like overtly about the South, like Marie. I know that Marie was one of the songs that was going to be on the concept album. So even though there's nothing specifically in the lyrics of Marie about the South, it was a song that was going to be sung by that character. So. You know, he's at least thinking like, yeah. like Southern Love, like when when he wrote it. Yeah, and I think that's such a pretty song. It's yeah. such yeah, it a is. pretty song. It's great. I mean, I think I said before this is like one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Randy Newman album. It just has like a really good 
Yeah, Rollin and uh, uh, Guilty. Guilty is oh, like Guilty. Oh, one of my favorite songs. I, I really liked Guilty a lot. Rollin and Guilty have a similar fun. vibe. Kinda. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like laying back and like drinking a glass of whiskey and sitting on the porch. And... Well, I love he's like, I don't like to drink alone, but sometimes I like to have a drink when I get home. Yep. <laughs> like, same. We've all been there. Yeah. I like in both Guilty and also Roland, there's like the melody and then like these strings come in on these like sweeping chords that are a little bit out of time and a little bit discordant with the rest of it. And it's just like almost like a like a sweetly sour note. And it's like when he's talking about like getting the whiskey from the bartender and stuff, it it just kind of adds like a little like woozy, like uh, like nuance to it I, yeah. I think is neat yeah you're right i thought he's gonna be the cocaine from the bartender do no he got a good friend i know I which may or may not be to. the bartender they could be the same person yeah, yeah. uh if you're paying there's a picture of uh, uh okay. there's a picture of huey p long on the back of the album i think that's neat yeah you got an album here yeah, yeah. I, I, man i found this one at goodwill and it it's a little rough and tumble, but it plays just fine. That's great. And I bought it without ever having heard it. I'm like, oh, Randy Newman, cool. I bet this album's good. I took it home and dropped the needle on it. I was like, I could never play this when everyone's <laughs> over. <laughs> How much did you pay for it? One American dollar. Yeah. Ah, that is the Goodwill it. way. That's the Goodwill way. Worth it. Well. A thousand percent yeah. worth it. Absolutely. Who do you think the folks on the front are? I tried to tried to uh, do some research on who exactly that is uh, with him. That's him, right? I, I thought, thought that, that was. Him. I don't think that's him because this is what he looks like at the time. He could be wearing a costume. Wait, what? Or he, <laughs> or it could just not be him. It's Tony Clifton. Yeah, it does look like Tony Clifton. <laughs> it does look like. Tony Maybe it's Clifton, the right? aforementioned redneck. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, I bet that. Yeah, I bet that was supposed to be uh, Johnny, Johnny Cutler. Cutler. Huh. Yeah, that's like Johnny Cutler and his. Uh, he is a good old boy. bride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With her hair piled high. That's right. <laughs> a lot of people this one actually went to number 36 on the Billboard 200 uh and they did a live performance of the album uh October 5th 1974 at the Symphony Hall in Atlanta with a uh, Ry Cooter and, Whoa. and uh Newman conducted the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Man, sign me up How for that. How was the crowd response of these songs live? Uh, Specifically one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only heard about one incident, and it was a recent incident um, that a young African American man wrote New- uh, Randy Newman, and he said, "You know, like I don't like." He saw how uh, people in the South were responding in like saying, "We're rednecks, we're red." You oh, know, they like, were singing it sincerely. Singing that sincerely. Oh no! And Randy actually had had stopped playing that song um, for a bit because he saw those people do saying those things sincerely and he did not want to I just don't encourage know them. A hole in the ground. Exactly. No. Yeah, which is it's like so the, amazing it's that like they're the singing Ch- along the Chappelle, with that. Uh, the Chappelle, what is it, theory, like where it's like eventually you uh, end up laughing not like in the right way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he actually reached out and he like, talk to the young man about it and he tried to explain it. like obviously it's weird for him to explain it but he just was like this is why i wrote the song and this was the time that like what i was trying to convey i guess mm. so it was just interesting that yeah. he, he you know 
Uh, I didn't so. know that like people were singing it sincerely though. Well, it be it becomes one of those things where it's like, yeah, take pride in our ignorance and we're dumb and yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Of course, that's gonna happen. It's like, you know, Rage Against the Machine fans or stuff oh, you like mean that, like you um, know? old what's his face? <laughs> yeah, that senator. <laughs> Paul Ryan. Paul, Paul Ryan. Ryan, his favorite band He's is like, Rage Against the Machine. I love Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you're missing the point, my dude. Oh, some of those that run forces. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this. No one is going to ever uh, take pride in the the frogs racially yours, which we will never, ever get to. <laughs> but that takes that first song and just extrapolates it. And yeah, it is, that's... That's a hard song. That's a hard <laughs> fucking album. God damn. Everybody, gather around. Loosen up your suspenders. Honker down on the ground. I'm a cracker. You want to. Don't take good care of you. Who built the highway to Baton Rouge? Who put up the house? Tonto crew on on sense. It's got uh, yeah. uh, Malcolm Cecil and Robert uh, Margulef, which is so weird. I don't hear the Tonto and I don't hear Me, the. I didn't either. even I think realize he's paying that them there too was. Much. Okay. I didn't realize there was a synth, synth in this until you said that. Yeah. I, very I, subtle. It's it's very buried. I don't think he needed both of them in their Tonto. No. I think he could have been like, "You play synth." I just like, like always okay. assumed Randy Newman was like specifically a piano guy. You know what I mean? Like not in the way that fucking he's Billy a composer. Joel is. I'll tell is, you what he is. He's a professional songwriter. He really yeah. is. Mm. You know, he really is. Yeah. People uh, also uh, pulled out a quote that he says a lot of people called him a sellout, and he says, "You know, I do it easy. I do it well." <laughs> he said, "People say it's a sellout. That's who I am. I'm a professional songwriter. I write yeah. to spec." Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I'm awesome at it's it. Not like yeah. he's a, it's not like he's like a punk or a hippie. What the, what the uh, yeah. fuck? A sellout? Why, why is Randy selling out? <laughs> Who is he? Yeah, he's like, duh. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, right. I think his parents were songwriters too. This is, this is the family trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, So, Wedding in Cherokee County. Uh, the first line, like, there's you sitting there. I immediately went to that family guy bit. It's like, big an apple from the tree. <laughs> Puts it in a mouth, left foot, right foot. <laughs> well, that's the same. Then, I mean, the start of Naked Man before you get to Naked Man is the same one. It's like, standing on the corner, waiting for the bus. Mrs. the bus. <laughs> Here comes another bus. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's exactly that style. Uh, Mad TV also does a dig at Randy Newman, too. And he even they even have it like where he ends his songs with like the same little boop a doop a doop I mean, the style is deceptively dumb. <laughs> But it's Decept- yes. deceptive. Like, but that's yeah. the goof. Yeah. That's the goof. Is he's trying to make you think Dumb, it is? Huh? Well, hmm. it's it is deceptively corny, placid. It's corny. Let's put it that uh, way. Kind of kind of sounds like some uh, 
What did you think of this Leftist. album? Leftist. <laughs> Elitist. <laughs> what did you think of Coastal. Coastal. Jesus. You're going to use the G word? It, in parentheses? Parentheses? No, yeah, I'm I can not. say it. You guys can't. The parentheses. No, globalist. Are you saying parentheses? Isn't that parentheses? Oh, thank you so much. I love the, the album. Yeah. I yeah. I, it, Had you ever heard it before? Um, Just no. Bit, bits and pieces, maybe. I, I, I've I've not heard a Randy Newman record I didn't like. Yeah. So it was it, and I think that this uh, the '70s stuff is is quite that's, choice. That's where he's and at. Some yeah. some peak Newman for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd recommend this to anybody. Cool. Do we I, even... I, I I like this album yeah. a lot. Uh, after that first listen, when I first got it, I had to set it down for a minute. But then, upon revisiting it and just like just like really getting to know it, I, I really like it. Back on my feet again is a very strange song. I don't know if you've followed the long-term lyrics of that mm-hmm. one. It's weird. Yeah. And even Randy Newman, he's like, "Yeah, it's weird." <laughs> that's his ex- that's his explanation for that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he says uh, he says he says it's quote from the heart weird nuts just southern nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Like the the boiled ones you get from yes, the, yes, uh, just the gas bo- station. It's, it's boiled peanuts. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What do you think, Solange? Um. I got two positive over here. I, okay, I've been because I've been thinking about it the whole time we've been discussing it. Um, to me, it's a positive minus, and it's specifically because of the the first song does make me like just very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and uh, I like the rest of the album a lot. I like that it's kind of this uh, ode, but also like goof on the South a little bit. But it's so. Um, there's just a lot to unpack with it, and I, I really enjoy the historical songs about, like, Huey, Huey Long and Louisiana, um, and I, again, I hear what everyone's saying about the first song, and I and I understand the message behind the first song, and I get it, because honestly, as a person who's from San Francisco, who lives in Kentucky, uh, you know, I don't get, I feel that way a lot. Uh, I just feel like there's a way that in the 21st century, we could revisit how that song could be um, presented. Uh, but that's all I'll say about that. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to give it a positive. Um, I would say that most of the albums that we listen to, you listen to them for the ability to enjoy the songs start to finish as an album. And I don't get that sense from this album. Um, there are songs on here that are beautiful uh, that I would want to listen to sort of one at a time, you know, on their own or that are uh, to set a mood. But again, they're not all together in the same tracking. Um, so I, I can't give it as high a positive as I would if it was an album that you could just listen to start to finish and say, okay, this was a great listen. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I really love Randy Newman, um, and just his sort of character, what he's, uh, willing to push. I mean, that redneck song obviously is, is pushing some boundaries. Maybe you shouldn't push those boundaries or maybe you should, um, but what I was going to say is, I mean, he's always been that way from sail away where he was pushing those boundaries to, you know, writing it from a slave ship owner's perspective of in, like trying to coax people from Africa to come to be slaves in America to short people where he's like taking a dig unnecessarily at, you know, <laughs> like short people. A much maligned group. <laughs> uh also, uh, he has a song called Yellow Man, which is making fun of, like, Americans' racism towards uh, uh, 
Chinese and Asian Americans. Uh, it's he just is willing to go there, which is Toy Story. It's yeah, Toy Story. <laughs> Making Be, fun friends. of toys. <laughs> but it's it's interesting, uh, and I like to. You know, even maybe I don't agree with everything that he's doing, but I do appreciate his sort of um, the way he presents those ideas, too. It's like almost a gentle way of, of presenting or a, something that's like a juxtaposition of uh, like, here's a beautiful melody. Oh, no, racism. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a spoonful it's of sugar. It's so with the strange. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's cool. There's no one else like him, I guess, in that sort of way. Uh, way what he's doing so this uh this discussion we've had and you just bringing up that he wrote short people unearthed a memory that i totally forgot was inside of my brain and uh when i was at my hippie school that didn't have a school bus my teacher one of my really favorite teachers had us all listen to short people once to decide if we thought the song was going to be mean or nice because we were learning about expressing our emotions properly and we all were like, oh, it's a really mean song. He's so terrible to short people. And she kind of like inceptioned it to us where she's like, yes, but that's the point of the song is to think about how ridiculous you sound when you say things like that about something that a person can't control, like their race. And we were all like, yeah, ah. <laughs> we were like eight. And we were like, ah. do you want to hear my short people story? Because I don't think we're going to get any more Randy. <laughs> oh, no, we will. We'll get a uh, L.A. Um, I would love to hear your LA. short people story. So he loves L.A. I yeah, he does love L.A. He loves it. Me, too. I uh, I'm not a big karaoke person. I I do it on occasion. Uh, if there happens to be a song I want to sing or everybody's just out and there happened to be a the rush in on the corner. Oh, I wish I could have gone. And uh, I was like, oh, Randy Newman's on here. So <laughs> what do they have on Randy Newman? I love Randy Newman. It was like short people. I was like, I guess so. I mean, that's a pretty silly song. It's stupid. I'll just be a big goof. You know, Randy Newman's a goof. And I had actually seen a friend like do it kind of like goofy. And so I was like, I'll just ham it up. It'll be real funny. Uh, and then I, so I put on the song. Little did I know there was a short person or little person in the audience who is a legend at the Ru- Russian. Was it Short Dog? Oh. It, it was, was Short Dog. And Mama Dog. <laughs> yes. Who are very nice people. They were super sweet, uh, but they definitely came up before I started singing the song. It was like, I hate this song. This song is terrible. <laughs> and then I was like, I and guess one, the two, I'm... The three, you're like, <laughs> you're like is it time leave. to switch into rednecks? <laughs> Damn it, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did the song, and it was it was totally fine. I just I just goofed it up real hard, and uh, Short Dog gave me a thumbs up and, and a <laughs> fist bump, and it was fine. I mean, yeah, it's a silly song, but I just thought it was... I was just like, and never karaoke again, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about Bob Marley and the Whalers, Natty Dream. Yes, baby. I've been drinking. Shouldn't come by, no But I found myself in trouble, darling And I had nowhere 
Game. 